Good morning, and it's time to get up with Dallas, where the D in Big D stands for desperation, season, and jobs. On the line, everything at stake for the Cowboys. And then the coach in Philly says Jalen hurts like hell. Will that shoulder keep the Eagles from soaring all the way to the Super Bowl? And then we'll explain why today might actually be the most important day the Ravens have had since Lamar Jackson came to town. All that and more as we get up with you on this Wednesday starting right now. And look at the squad we have put. Let's go. Let's go. Kmart is rolling today. D Woods ready to go. Neek is here. Chris Canty. We have so much to get to as we work our way towards Wild Card Weekend. But we begin with the return. Look who was back last night, Dominic. Steph Curry back on the floor for the first time since December 14th. And his Warriors are getting blown out. And he was quiet the first three quarters. But now here he comes in the fourth. Steph starting to heat up. Steph finding space and knocking him down. Yeah, you can't give that man any room to breathe. Still down 15, but he's not giving up. Three minutes to go. Warriors down 13. Steph to the hole he goes. The finger roll plus the foul. After the free throw, it's a 10-point game. Could he bring them back? Can he or can't he? He can't. It's not going to happen tonight. <laughs> I don't know how. No DeAndre Ayton, no Chris Paul, and no Devin Booker. That's correct. And still no win for the Warriors. That's Jordan Poole knocking one down. Steph Wood scores 16 in the fourth quarter alone. 24 on the night. But that one's not going to fall, and neither is the next one. And in the end, it would not be enough for the Warriors, who had more downs than ups this season. They're under 500, and they fall again in Steph's return against Phoenix. Steph a little rusty, then found the rhythm in the fourth quarter, had just eight through those first three quarters, and then doubled that in the final 12 minutes. We will see him again Friday night as the Warriors take on the Spurs. Now to the NFL. Cowboys, Bucks, Monday night in Tampa with literally everything at stake. Dallas has lost each of its last eight road playoff games going back to 1994. That's time for the second longest postseason road losing streak in NFL history. Oh, and they're going up against Tom Brady, who faces Dallas in the playoffs for the first time in his career. He's a perfect 7-0 against the Cowboys' lifetime, his best record against any opponent. And then there's Mike McCarthy, the first coach to take Dallas to the playoffs in consecutive seasons since Chan Gailey once upon a time. By the way, Gailey was fired after losing in the wild card round that second year. Should McCarthy expect the same fate? Give a listen to Jerry Jones. Could anything happen in this playoff game Monday that could put Mike McCarthy's job status in question for next year? No. I don't even want to. Uh, no. That's it. I, I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but we're not basing. I've got a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. That is a definitive answer from a person who frequently talks around the answer. So Jerry Jones says, no, Mike McCarthy is not coaching for his job. Do you believe him, Kimberly Martin? No. I do not. <laughs> no. No. You know why? Because in life, you know me, Green. I'm going to think big picture, right? In life, you go by what people do, not what they say. But in particular, in the NFL, you can't believe anything any of these guys say because on a Monday, you might feel differently than you feel on that Friday. Mm -hmm. I think we have to watch what the Cowboys actually do on the field because Jerry, post-game, we know he talks a lot. He's going to talk post-game. And he better be saying glowing things about a team who just won, right? He better be talking about his team because if not, I am worried about Mike McCarthy because when, when we've talked about them, 
when they're doing well, we're praising Dan Quinn, we're talking about Kellen Moore, we're talking about Dak, we're talking about Micah Parsons, and for a while we would joke about it, like, what exactly does Mike McCarthy do? Like, that was sort of the, you know, the joke, but mm -hmm. I don't think, if they come out and embarrass themselves after how they played in Week 18, I don't think Jerry can definitively say, no, he shouldn't be on the hot seat. Canty, do you believe Jerry Jones when he says, Mike McCarthy's job is safe? Hell no, I don't believe Jerry Jones. That's the, that's the reality of the situation. And really, this is not a gut feeling. This is something that we've seen from Jerry Jones in the past. The last time that the Cowboys had back-to-back one-and-dones in the playoffs was Chan Gailey. What yep. happened to him? Fired. He got fired after his second season. Yep. So don't take Jerry Jones at his word in terms of him being settled on Mike McCarthy being his head coach moving forward if they fall short to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's not going to happen. But let me make the reverse point. I understand what you're saying. But Chan Gailey was also the last coach to take the Cowboys to the playoffs in back-to-back -back years. So, Dominique, we were here yesterday. He's won 12 games in back-to-back in, in, in -back seasons. Yeah. Will it be fair, in your mind, if Jerry Jones does change his tune yeah. and Mike McCarthy gets fired, will that be fair? I mean, I don't care whether it's fair or not. <laughs> I, I could care less about that. I think back to Kimberly's point is you believe Jerry based on his actions. His actions with Jason Garrett suggest that he would keep him. Like the, the being able to sit with that type of underachievement over a long period of time, I don't think uh, Jerry Jones will move on from it. But another thing Kimberly said was, uh, you don't, we're always talking about Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore or Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy does not garner a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the recipe for Jerry Jones. <laughs> After Jimmy Johnson, it seemed like from that point forward, you had Parcells, that didn't work out. There's something about Jerry Jones wanting to be the figurehead of this organization. And I think Mike McCarthy winning 12 games back-to-back -back years, getting him to the playoffs and maybe making a run is enough because he plays the background and Jerry Jones can have his big press conferences uh, weekly. What do you think of all this, D. Wood? I think if, it's one, if Mike McCarthy's one and done, he's done. And, I, I, and I, think, I, I truly think that's the case. I also think this. I think Dan Quinn is going to get, is going to get there's going to be a lot of interest in Dan Quinn mm -hmm. this offseason. Mm -hmm. I think Dan Quinn has a good chance of being hired by a team. And I think Jerry Jones would rather hire Dan Quinn than lose him to another team. I think that's what, I think that's what uh, Jerry, how high he thinks of Dan Quinn mm -hmm. as a coach. He's not going to go out there and get a Sean Payton. We already talked about, yeah. you know, like Bill Parcells and all that. He doesn't want someone on the equal footing as far as being the star. Jerry is the star down there at the star. But Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn fits the mold perfectly. He's a guy that he's, you know, been a head coach. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl before. He's been highly successful as a defensive coordinator. I think that will be the move. The Broncos have requested permission to interview him, right? So and th th that be has begun. That carousel in which Quinn is going to garner interest has definitely begun. Because, Kimberly, I do think a lot of people, certainly if you just look on Twitter, people will say, ooh, Mike McCarthy in trouble. He wants Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. He wants Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think here's the thing. When Jerry has talked about his team, he talked all offseason about how, and even at the end of last season, like close to tears because it's like uh, he knows he he's, this window isn't going to be open for very long. Like, Jerry is up there, too. He wants mm. to see a Super Bowl. Like, that's the reality. Like, he wants to see this team win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And he keeps talking about the disappointment. Like, if they were to get bounced in the wild card route, like, that is, I feel like that is the perennial disappointment. And to your point about Jason Garrett, yes, he's stuck with that. But I think that might be the reason uh. that Jerry Jones says, I can't live through that anymore. <laughs> all right, so let's get to the real bottom line of all of this. 
Are they going to lose on Monday night? I just told you, Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys in his career in seven games. Now, none of them have been in the playoffs, but that is what it is. Most of those, of course, he was the quarterback of the New England Patriots, not in Tampa. But they met week one of this year, and the Buccaneers beat him 19-3. to Are the Cowboys going to be one and done? Can't he? I don't think so, but I can't say it with my chest, G, because these teams are so evenly matched. I don't think any of us trust the head coaches in this matchup. Mm. We haven't even seen Todd Bowles as a head coach in the postseason. When you look at their penalty differential, they're both right there in the bottom third of the league. And the Cowboys have one more turnover than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So both of these teams have a habit of getting in their own way when it comes to success. And we know that winning in the postseason has a lot to do with not losing the game before you can go out and win the game. So the self-inflicting wounds is ultimately what's going to end up deciding this. And, G, I don't trust either team in this matchup. <laughs> no, and, and look, the one if there's one person on the field in this game that you have to trust, it's Tom Brady. He has obviously earned that. Normally, we would say Dak Prescott is another person we trust. We're going to talk about his struggles a little bit later. But the bottom line of it is, Dominique, do you expect this to be one and done for the Cowboys? When I look at the Cowboys, I say this is a team that could lose in the wild card round. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the Bucks and I say, <laughs> not to them. <laughs> the Bucks have not been good all season long. And yes, Tom Brady shows us why he's Tom Brady every now and then. But the reason why they beat them in week one was because that defense was dominant. Mm -hmm. That was still a point when we were thinking this might be the best defensive team in football. They haven't been that for a long time, and I don't expect that they'll be that this weekend. And the Cowboys despite Dak's turnover issues, they've been able to put up points. So I think it's going to be really hard for the Bucks to outscore the Cowboys. How are you feeling? Like tomorrow you will smash the helmets. So we will get the official D. Wood pick tomorrow. But right at this minute, which way, what is the lean Cowboys-Bucks Monday night in this monster matchup? I mean, I'm lukewarm on the Cowboys. See, if, if, if the Bucks have shown any type of pulse throughout the regular season, it would be I, like I would smash a helmet today. <laughs> but I need some time to like really ponder over this because quite honestly, neither team really impresses me right now. You know what I mean? And you would think in this matchup, the fact that Tom Brady, I believe, set the attempts record this, you know, this year. Yeah. And that actually kind of plays into the Cowboys as yeah. far as their rush concern. So you would think like, okay, that's maybe a bad matchup. But both of these teams, quite honestly, yeah. They don't pass the smell test at all. Oh. So I need a little oh, bit it, more time. There's a smell. It just ain't pleasant. <laughs> what is, what's disturbing about this is after we've watched the Bucks all season. Yeah. And to finally get to the playoffs and say, mm, I don't know if the Cowboys can knock off the Bucks. <laughs> like, that to me is alarming. Yeah. Like, the Cowboys have the better team. They have played better this season. I understand the playoffs. Brady's looking at this like the playoffs. It's a new season. Season starts now. Uh, but – I Normally, I'm one for storytelling and narratives. The narrative that Tom Brady comes out and saves the day, I would love that. I always think that, not this year. Cowboys are a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. We're going to talk more about Dak a little bit later as we head towards a matchup. Candidly, if I seem giddy, it's because I am. Tom Brady and the Cowboys are playing each other in the playoffs. It's my dream scenario. Meanwhile, it might sound like hyperbole, but today could actually be the most important day the Ravens have had since Lamar Jackson got to town, and we will explain exactly why. Next, plus the speculation of Rodgers' return to the Packers began when time ran out at Lambeau on Sunday night. We'll tell you why someone here thinks it's time for Green Bay and Rodgers to go their separate ways. That's on the way. Get up on ESPN. 
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back on Get Up, and here's a news segment we're going to call Why Why They'll Win. D. Wood, why will the Bills win against Miami? Well, we know that the Miami Dolphins, they like to bring a lot of pressure. They can't really get there in four, so they bring a lot of pressure and expose their back end, their, their secondary, and we know that They've given up a lot of yards, and I think Stephon, Dave, Gabe, Davis, and company will be able to have plenty of opportunities to expose the back end of the Miami Dolphins defense. Dominique, why will the Jaguars win against the Chargers? Well, it has less to do with the Jaguars and more to do with the Chargers. I think Brandon Staley's decision to play his starters in a pretty much meaningless game last week has led to some ailments for both Mike Williams, their probably most productive receiver at this point, and Joey Bosa, their best defensive player, uh, I guess neck and neck with Derwin James. So those issues may be too uh, much to overcome for this team. And then Canty, why will the Ravens win if they do Sunday at Cincinnati? It's going to be because of their defense, G, and that's no surprise with Baltimore. Since they traded for Roquan Smith, that defense has allowed 10 touchdowns across 91 drives, which is absolutely elite. And then no Alex Kappa, no Lyle Collins for that Bengals offensive line. The Bengals in their four losses, their offensive line has allowed the fourth highest sack totals in all of those games. So hit Joe Burrow early and often, exploit the right side of that Bengals offensive line. To be clear, doesn't mean he's picking it. I'm just asking him if they win it, why will it be? And that would be the reason. Now, let's go to the Ravens here because, as I've told you, today is a critical day in Baltimore as Lamar Jackson continues to nurse a left knee injury that's kept him sidelined now for the last 37 days. We've told you they play Cincinnati Sunday night. Lamar Jackson is 6-1 against the Bengals during his career. Of course, the Bengals haven't always been the team that we know now during that time. After missing a total of just two games through his first three seasons, Lamar has now missed 10 over the last two seasons. And Baltimore is just 3-7 without him over that span, 15-9 with him. So, what is at stake for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? It feels on some level like absolutely everything. And why is today so critical for that relationship, Kimberly? 
Greeny, Wednesday's the day where you guys know this is the most important day of the week from a game planning perspective and prep. Now, I understand Lamar, it's been five weeks that he's been sidelined. And from all accounts, he's still sort of favoring that knee. He's not 100%. And if he's not on the field Wednesday, then you start to think, well, how much time does this guy have to prepare for a, the most important game of the season? And even if he's not, even if he is on the field, my question is, what Lamar Jackson are we going to see? Because if he's compromised in any way, that plays right into the Bengals' hands. And to be clear, we're not just talking about the little picture, which is this postseason mm -hmm. and this game Sunday night. But we all understand that there are larger forces at play here contractually and otherwise. And you mentioned Roquan Smith and how good he's been since they got him. Did you see yesterday sneaky, huge news? They signed Roquan Smith to a lengthy and enormous contract extension. And in the first sentence of the news story, it said, which frees up the franchise tag if the Ravens choose to go that direction. Why are you shaking your head with Lamar Jackson? No, because they've already told Lamar Jackson that we're not going to give you what you think you're worth mm -hmm. when you're healthy. What happens when you go out there mm -hmm. in a playoff game mm -hmm. and you're physically compromised with that PCL in the knee? It just doesn't make any sense to put yourself at risk. But, Greeny, that's why most functional franchises don't let a quarterback go into a true contract year because they recognize how important that guy is to their team's success. So now the Ravens are faced with this situation of their own making where you need Lamar Jackson the most, there's the potential that he's going to be unavailable. So the bottom line, Dominique, if he's not healthy enough to practice on a Wednesday, considering everything that is at stake here again, bigger picture versus small, what in the world would make anyone think he's going to be on the field Sunday? Yeah, I guess it's just his passion or desire, which I guess <laughs> that's one thing, but that ain't putting food on the table, and that's not, pay that's not covering the value that you're actually worth. If I'm Lamar Jackson, he's a better man than me, but I'd be quiet quitting on the Ravens until <laughs> they gave me the money that I deserve. Just walking around, they're like, I don't know, my knee hurts a little bit. But I do understand why Lamar would not be motivated to play, but in the Ravens' defense, like I understand why they would not want to pay him what he wants if what he wants is the Deshaun Watson deal, if I was the Ravens front office, I would say just because the Browns are dumb doesn't mean we have to be. Like, giving a fully guaranteed contract to um, a quarterback who is underachieving is a cautionary tale. So, like, I get both positions. But underachieving? Oh, oh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying looking at the Browns. The Browns oh, 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 gave oh, a fully guaranteed okay, contract keep that's fine, to that's a fine. quarterback that's underachieving. Right, right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not here for the Lamar <laughs> slander. How dare you? How dare you? I'm arguing pay I'll that man for quiet quit. <laughs> we, we have cited chapter and verse how, just how terrible <laughs> offensively the Ravens have oh, been oh since God. Lamar Jackson has been hurt. I, if I'm Lamar Jackson, and I, I look, you say of me whatever you want, I would be standing on the sideline during this game holding up a sign that says, <laughs> see, they stink without me. That's, That's what I would be doing, D. Wood. How about you? Listen. Come on, Bishop. We, what we've would you all, do? We've <laughs> all been in contract negotiations before. Uh -huh. And I, like, it, I can like, see how this whole thing will play out. Lamar Jackson going to come back. Not going to be the Lamar Jackson that we've been accustomed to seeing. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out there, doesn't play like the, to the level that we've been accustomed to seeing. And then after the year, the Ravens organization will be like, you see? Yeah. You see that? Mm -hmm. You see? Mm -hmm. This is why we can't give you that, because teams always do that. Mm -hmm. You try to, oh, I'm going to play with my brothers and do this and do all that type of rhetoric. Yeah. But the team's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. But when it comes to the business side, they hold that against you. So don't think Lamar Jackson ain't sitting so back like, 
man, do I really want to be out here when, they, when I know they're going to use it against me? I think he does have that thought. But this is why a lot of us were saying at the start of the season, at, at training camp, the end of training camp, don't step on that field. Mm -hmm. Because Lamar saying, I want to be out here with my guys, like playing with my teammates is more important. It's like, that is great. We love that about you. However, you being on the field without the guarantees, it could come back to bite you. We were worried about potential injuries. And up until the end of the season, it seemed okay. And now we're talking about that. Well, look, I mean, I, I cannot begin to tell you the number of people that are tweeting, texting, and otherwise sending me messages saying the Jets need to get Lamar Jackson, the Jets need to get Lamar. Which only brings into – I bring that up solely because – the notion that Lamar Jackson could be in play this offseason, that we could actually be seeing the last of him in a Raven uniform, does that feel real to you? Yeah, it does, because I know the Ravens have the ability to franchise tag Lamar Jackson, but he also can decline it and not sign it. Mm -hmm. And so that puts them in limbo in terms of what they're going to do moving forward, having that cap hold with the franchise tag. And then Lamar Jackson, an MVP quarterback that's 25 years old, just sitting there for somebody to swoop in and pick him up. So I, I think this is a very complex situation, but Greeny, the longer this plays out, it feels like it continues to open the door a little bit more for Lamar Jackson to leave ball. Why are you laughing? No, because the crazy thing is the Ravens organization literally built this whole thing around Lamar Jackson. You franchise tag, Lamar said, throw up the deuces like, I'm not signing this. What do you do if you're the Ravens when well, the, you whole, the whole thing is built around one Which, guy? Why it didn't make sense not to give him not to give him the money in the offseason? I understand yeah. your point about the Browns, but every quarterback yeah. that's lined up behind Lamar Jackson should literally just write down two thirty. <laughs> they all should. No, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's Burrow this year. It's, it's Herbert. It's, Herbert Herbert, this year. Yeah. it's all the others who are going to be in that position. Yeah, I fully agree. They should have paid him. I was just presenting the other side of the argument. I don't got those type of guts to have an MVP-level <laughs> quarterback hanging around on a franchise tag and being upset. I think right. the interpersonal nature of, like, managing a team, we don't think about it. We think of everything like a franchise, like it's, we're playing fantasy football. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is Lamar Jackson is the heart and soul of that organization. Yes. Having him unhappy has, like, some residual effects that you can't account for. No, look, I, I think Ryan Clark said it well earlier this season. He is a system quarterback. He is the system. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole system is Lamar Jackson. And by the way, he's still young. He's the same age as Stetson Bennett, who just won the national <laughs> championship in college <laughs> the other night. All right, we're just getting rolling. We're going back to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, what is going on? He has just not played like himself. 15 interceptions this year in just 12 games. What is going on and can he get it fixed in time for Monday night? We'll answer those questions. And then this one, Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts, quote, hurts like hell after his return Sunday against the Giants. We'll tell you what that might mean for the entire NFC playoff picture next. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. 
Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods fruit eggs yogurt and waffles and really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com back on get up looking ahead to wild card weekend the game is either or dominique who will have more receiving yards tyree kill or stefan diggs oh this is an easy one it's definitely stefan diggs he's one of the best receivers in football with one of the best quarterbacks in football um Tyreek Hill would look like he was limping a little bit last week, and the quarterback situation there is much more uncertain and uncomfortable. So you gave me a layup, Greeny. I appreciate it. All right, fair enough. Kmart, let's go to another one here. Two young stars. Who will have more passing yards, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? I actually think Justin Herbert, now that is with an asterisk, as long as Mike Williams is playing. I just think right now he has more passing yards already. I think the Chargers are going to try to air it out and take advantage of, against this Jaguars defense. I think the Chargers will not Charger this weekend. <laughs> I, I'm saying it now. They will not Charger. Oh, so you like it. Oh. I mean, again, that's... Ah. Ooh. Ooh. We'll see. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Canty. Wanted Canty. to say it with my chest, but... <laughs> more total TDs. Dak or Brady? I'm going with Tom Brady. Over the last four games, these two quarterbacks are neck and neck with passing touchdowns. Dak Prescott having nine, Tom Brady having eight. But I'm going with the guy that finished third in the league in passing yards and the guy that was first in pass attempts this year. I think he'll have more chances than Dak to impact the game through the passing game. Well, let's find out what's going on with Dak. Here's Jerry Jones talking about the interception issues his quarterback is suddenly facing. It's in Dak's DNA not to turn the ball over. His famous story that I often repeat is that he said more often than not when his mother saw him in the kitchen, she'd say, remember, no turnovers. <laughs> and so he's grown up thinking like that. So I have all the confidence in the world that he, as a player, has all the right balance of confidence or all the right balance of uh, aggressiveness as it pertains to a turnover. He understands turnover better than all of us put together. That was a lot of words. I mean, that yeah. was just a lot. And, but it wasn't was, true. None of, I don't that know about like that. a word salad. Well, here's what it is. When someone asks you a question, 
Yeah. If it takes you a lot of words <laughs> yeah. to answer that question, there's a problem. Right. So that, that was Jerry Jones' 40 seconds way of telling you, we got a problem here mm -hmm. with Dak Prescott, and I don't understand it. Explain it to me. This is the one thing. The one thing Jerry said in there that's 100% true. This has never been a problem for Dak Prescott before. Why is it suddenly one now? Well, it comes down to the decision-making, and Dan Orlovsky did a great job of outlining it earlier in the week. There are throws that Dak is making that he just shouldn't based on the looks, the coverages that the defense is presenting. I understand, but that's, that's the opposite of what he's always been, Chris. Why is he suddenly a guy who's making bad reads when we have lauded the decision-making for so long? That's a great question. Maybe it has something to do with the absence that he had and missing five games earlier in the season, but he just has not been able to round in the form, and you want to be playing your best ball when you're going into the playoffs. You can't say that about Dak Prescott. He mm -hmm. had 14 completions and a pick six on Sunday against the Commanders in a situation where that team had absolutely nothing to play for. Mm -hmm. So I'm concerned. 15 total turnovers since week eight. And here's the other thing, Greeny. In the playoffs, Dak Prescott has played in four playoff games. He's got three, three turnovers. He's got turnovers in three of those games. Yeah. That is a problem. The best indicator for future performance is past performance. So Dak has been turning the ball over a lot in the second half of this season, and he turns the ball over a lot in the playoffs. And that's obviously something they cannot afford. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, Nick, it, it's weird because if you had told me before the season the Cowboys will have this or that problem, I might have believed you. If you had said the problem is going to be that Dak leads mm -hmm. the league in interceptions, I would never have yeah. believed you. Yeah, I mean, I think Dak is putting a lot of pressure on himself, and he's trying to force plays because this offense puts a lot of pressure on him. I think that's part of the issue. I think also it's kind of a bit unlucky. There's a lot of players that put or quarterbacks put the ball in dangerous situations, and DBs drop them oftentimes. I know it's a joke that I don't appreciate about cornerbacks not being able to catch, but it's kind of true sometimes. <laughs> they aren't dropping him now, and he's also doing really, really dumb, undack like things, like the pick six against the Eagles was like a, essentially a handoff mm -hmm. to defensive lineman. So, yeah. like, he needs to get over those issues, and I think some of the luck stuff will wear off. And, and then to the point that uh, Chris just made a minute ago here, D. Wood, uh, Dan Olofsky did a really good job of diagramming, like, simple reads that he's getting wrong, which, again, is the opposite of what we know Dak Prescott has been through most <clears throat> of his career. So how do you explain these struggles? I, I mean, like, the simple thing would be, like, he's not seeing the field like he normally does because it's so uncharacteristic of Dak throughout his career to be turning the ball over at the clip he's turning the ball over right now. Also, I'm going to look at it as, uh, this way, too. Dallas defense is not playing, like, up to snuff like they once were. Like, you're starting to see, like, teams like, driving the field, scoring points, and we know when you get in a situation like that, as a quarterback, you're all of a sudden pressed. I got to make plays because, guess what? My defense hasn't been holding it down like, like once before. So I think all those things are combining for the fact that Dak is just – he's just reckless with the ball right now. Kmart, as you talk to people around the league, what, what are you hearing about this offense and this star quarterback in particular? Well, obviously, everybody points to this doesn't look like the same Cowboys team that we saw early in the season, even midway through the season. When it comes to Dak, no one has answers as to the why except yeah. – he is just not doing what he's normally done. Is it? I do think there is pressure. I think when you have Jerry Jones, when your owner literally talks nonstop about the, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and, and I think we talked about Mike McCarthy and is he on the hot seat, really, Dak is always on the hot seat. Dak, like, this team goes as he goes. And, and I don't know what is 
I, I mean, I think, I think I don't we, don't, we, we don't appreciate, like, we talk about, like, physical fatigue and, like, you can't ask too much of Lamar on the ground, but I don't think we appreciate the, like, intellectual and mental fatigue that it could come from asking a quarterback who, since he's really good at the mental part of the game, you're like, man, we can put a bunch in, a, in the offense in the game plan this week. We can have an answer for every single problem in every single, like, tough situation. Put it on Dak to figure out. I think part of it is, like, he but, doesn't get but that easy, asked, easy no, 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 options no, that other asked, quarterbacks get. We asked Josh Allen, we asked Lamar, no, we, we asked don't. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick, all those guys are asked to raise the level of their team. Oh, no, I agree. I guess I'm talking about the, like, Josh Allen is not asked to read nearly as much as uh, Dak Prescott yes. is. Like, Josh yes. Allen is, and so that's my point. Okay. It's like every third yeah. down to ask him to read an entire field is a lot to ask somebody to do um, consistently. I'll say it. He doesn't run enough. They need yeah. to. Yeah. He is an excellent runner with the football, both in trying to buy time, in creating offensive plays, and in actually running for first downs. They don't do that nearly enough. Josh Allen does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's not him, all but he time. should be doing much more of that. This is Final a critical thought. moment for Dak Prescott in his career. I yeah. don't think this is a referendum on whether or not he's a good quarterback, but this is a career-defining moment for Dak Prescott. Is he going to ascend to the level of Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or those guys? Or is he going to go the way of Kirk Cousins? And it is a referendum. That, that, that's it that's is the a question that we have to figure out. Why, is that, <laughs> why does that face? Did he say ascend to the level yeah. of Jalen Hurts? He did. What? I, I, well, <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. show the party over. Why are you getting yeah. up? Because that's, that, that, that's, that's a lot to handle. I, I did that. He's that. processing. He's I processing. Just need to, let, me, let, me, let me just sit let with Give it. me some space here. Let me, <laughs> I mean, ascend to the Jalen Hurts level? Look, I think. Woo! We, it's, this you show is popping this morning. Oh, I swear to God. Here's what I'll say. I will give the floor to my esteemed colleague over here from the great state of Virginia. Because before the season started, if you had said Dak needs to ascend to the level of Jalen Hurts, it would have sounded ridiculous. Right now, Jalen Hurts is a legitimate MVP candidate. Yeah. Dak led the league in interceptions. I can't disagree with what you're saying, can't he? No, I mean, Jalen Hurts was in the MVP conversation before he got hurt in Chicago. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in that division. That's a problem when Jerry Jones is paying a quarterback $40 million. The Dallas Cowboys, since the last three years, have been able to say we have the best quarterback in the division. That's took, not the case You anymore. almost took okay, D. So Wood like, out, man. Well, I, we, we almost, almost lost, lost D. Wood there. We almost you, lost D. Wood Let today. me play you, because I've been talking about it. All. We were going to go to Jalen Hurts here anyway. I want you to hear the coach talking about the status of Jalen's shoulder, because that obviously is critical. Here's the coach. <laughs> we're fortunate that we have two weeks to – for the, till the next time we play. He's going to be a little bit more healthy than when he was, uh, you know, obviously the other day. He came out of that game sore because it's still healing. We didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell, and he knew it was going to hurt him like hell. Okay, so quite simply, what is exactly riding on the health of the shoulder of Jalen Hurts. The NFC championship, like which team in the NFC, which team represents the NFC in the Super Bowl, it will be determined by how Jalen Hurts' shoulder feels. I think that the Eagles are the best team in the uh, conference when he's healthy and he's playing at his best. Mm. And I think that includes the 49ers. If he is not healthy and he's not playing at his best, this team is very, very beatable. So, so let me circle back and, and tie the two <laughs> conversations together. Because, D. Wood, you seemed... Um, thrown. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> way. <laughs> when, when Chris Canty said that Dak has to ascend to that level, but I think it's a reasonable way of looking at it. Dominique just said that Jalen Hurts will decide if he's healthy, they're the best team, and if he's not, they're not. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been that good, right? He has been. He has been that good. 
I, I, I still question whether – I don't think there's much, much difference between the Eagles and the 49ers. Okay. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, don't I, I don't think there's much difference between the two. But I will say for the Eagles, for the Eagles' sake, Jalen Hurts better be 100% and everything better be available to the Eagles mm-hmm. because they don't have the design runs and, 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 the, and the unique ability that Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to be on display – they are not coming out of the NFC. What do we know about how healthy he actually is? The coach just said he hurts like hell. Yeah. Well, that's the, the benefit for the Eagles is that they do have time off. And this is what we're talking about. Had he not played, he would have been on the shelf for 34 days. Um, as of right now, they feel like he will. there's enough time for him to improve. And this is why you want the bye. For moments like this where you know, okay, he got on the field, he's banged up, but we've got some time to rest him. But to your point, this is similar to Lamar Jackson. Like, if these two guys are not fully healthy when they step on the field, it severely impacts what this team is able to do. When you look at the Eagles, they have 60 more explosive plays than any other team in the NFL. That is due mm-hmm. to Jalen Hurts. Two of those are Gardner Minshew, but that is largely due to Jalen Hurts. So when he is not himself, you will not scare teams the same way. Uh, is it as simple as if Hurts is healthy, as Hurts goes, so go the Eagles. If he's good, they're the team to beat in the NFC, yes or no? Yes, but, I mean, you could say that about any quarterback, except for any team except for the San Francisco 49ers who have turned their quarterback into great matter. But when looking at this Eagles team, it's more than just Jalen Hurts. Mm. This team has had eight games this season where they've run the ball more than they've passed the ball. Right. And this team but isn't also, that mostly him? <laughs> well, uh, but that's my point. Yeah. I mean, the threat of Jalen Hurts being a part of that run game right. is almost as important or even more important than them being able to throw the ball down the field and outside of the numbers. So you have a strong, dominant running game with Jalen Hurts being a threat to go along with that front four that can rush the passer. I think that's a formula that can win you playoff games. So I didn't ask the question well. Dominique said... His health will determine it. If he's good, they win the NFC. If he's not, they don't. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with that from this standpoint. Is Shane Steichen willing to call design runs for Jalen Hurts? right. Because he wasn't against the New York Giants Mm -hmm. in Week 18. And you saw Jalen Hurts protecting himself. If he's healthy enough to have those design runs, then I think the Eagles get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. A lot was on the line for them last Sunday, but everything wasn't on the line for them. In a playoff game, it might look totally different. All right, rolling on we go. Another quarterback to talk about. His season is over. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers continue their end-of-season meetings today. Why someone here thinks maybe it's time for this to be an exit interview. You'll hear who next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. question you're trying to ask. Be better tomorrow. I'm not answering this. That's a clown question, bro. Next. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? What else do you want to know? Next question. Your next question. Next question. Next question. I'm not going to answer any questions from you. That's my question! The question, jerk! All right, it is that time once again where I will propose a series of hard-hitting, provocative questions to this man, Dominique Foxworth, and whether he's ready to or not, he will answer them. Here we go. First, who is the likeliest favorite to lose on Wild Card Weekend? I think it has to be the Vikings. Uh, uh, What they are doing uh, this season with the the close games, they're managing to win a lot of those, which comes down to some luck. You need to give them some uh, credit for making the big plays at the important moments, but their offense is pretty much Justin Jefferson, and I think uh, that the good coaching really matters a lot in the playoffs. Brian Dayball right now, candidate for coach of the year, and those teams are a lot closer in talent than I think a lot of us would assume given their record. So Giants, I think Vikings, and the spread is pretty slim, uh, candidly. I mean, for a team that went 13-4 and four against the Giants, uh, the last number I think I saw they were a three-point favorite. Next, which wild card team? So we don't just mean any team playing this weekend, but a team that didn't win its division. Right. Could you see making a Super Bowl run? I think it's the Chargers. They, I mean, there's always the Chargers. Always a super talented team that comes up a little bit short. There's a chance that they found this quarterback that's so special that he could have one of those runs like Joe Burrow had last year, where that team was not nearly as talented as the other teams that they beat, but that quarterback blacked out. And they have a quarterback that has that capability, and they also have one of the best pass rushers in the league, one of the best safeties in the league, mm-hmm. and uh, a team that's full of talent, including Austin Eckler. So this team... I think could make a run. My, my initial inclination was to fight back at you, but I can't really think of a better one. So, all right, not bad. One more. Ooh, not bad. Not bad. That's damning with faint praise. <laughs> Jacksonville just went worst to first in their division. Give me the team that is going to do that next year. Ooh, the best team position to do that is the Broncos, I think. Because if we're talking about talent, this roster is not without talent. They're full of talent on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. For the most of the season, the defense lived up to it. The quarterback was an issue, but it's not like he's never been good. An idea that if if you bring in, particularly when you look at the Jags as the model, the Jags brought in a competent coach, and all of a sudden, they're good. It's possible that the same thing could happen in Denver. Can we get a shot of D. Wood? D. Wood was hysterical. <laughs> you guys laughing. are killing Damien for today. I don't know. Why is that so funny, Damien Woody? He said the Broncos, really? <laughs> he said that came Broncos. out of his mouth? Hold the up. team that what? What was it? it? The it team the that what? Win the division next year. <laughs> it's real easy. <laughs> it's real easy from the sidelines. Now you pick somebody going to work with the first, D. Wood. Just a hey, I appreciate, I appreciate that laugh right there. By the way, wow. TV would make this look like we are shouting to each other from like across <laughs> the street. He's like eight feet away from us right now. Anyway, one way or another, uh, that's what Dominique thinks. 
I, I don't know that I agree with it either, but it is what it is. I don't want to take away from the time, however, to talk about Aaron Rodgers, because stop me if you've heard this before. His future is up in the air. <laughs> After losing a win and end game in Lambeau on Sunday night, he was non-committal about what comes next. Here's Tom Brady with this to say about another pivotal offseason for Rodgers. I think the important thing is the day after the season, and I made this mistake, is not to decide the future. Aaron, in my belief, is spectacular. He can obviously continue to play, and he has all the ability in the world to do that. He'll make that decision when it's right for him, and everyone should give him the time and space to do it. Just hilarious. I mean, it just, Tom Brady preparing for a playoff game is talking about Aaron Rodgers. So, so I mean, so he's having uh, conversations with the Packers now, figuring out where things are going to go. One person here thinks the best case is that those turn into an exit interview, and that person Take a guess, is Chris Canty. Mm -hmm. Why, Canty? Mm -hmm. Why are they better off if those two sides part? Listen, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers told Jamison Williams that he's going to hold on to that jersey and not do the jersey swap after their L to the Detroit Lions. I mean, it was a game in Week 18 where they're win and they're in. That, 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 I mean, that's a quarterback game, and mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers came up small with the turnovers in the fourth quarter. That, that just can't happen. And so when you look at the landscape of the NFC North and you look at the state of the Green Bay Packers, Greeny, they're a lot closer to a rebuild than a championship. And I'm sorry, I'm not paying a quarterback $60 million in 2023 if we're not going to be in championship contention. And the exits for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers continue to get earlier and earlier. The first two years with LaFleur, they're in the conference championship game. Last year, they got bounced in the divisional round with the number one seed against Jimmy Garoppolo in the San Francisco 49ers, a game in which the Niners didn't score an offensive touchdown. Mm -hmm. And this year, they're not even in the playoffs. I mean, they've got to make a decision on Jordan Love's fifth-year option, but I think that's on down the line in terms of priorities with their decision-making. But it just seems like this is the time to transition away from Aaron Rodgers because even with him, you're not competing at a high level. Agree or disagree? I mean, the argument is hard to disagree with, but the money speaks for itself. You signed up last year for two years with Aaron Rodgers, so that's what you got, two years with Aaron Rodgers. You better convince yourself that you got a better chance than uh, Chris Canty believes that you have <laughs> because they can't do nothing about that at this point. What do you think, D. Wood? He's exhausted. I am. It's a rough this, this, this show has been exhausted the first hour. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I will say this. Ugh. I don't think by any means Aaron Rodgers is done, uh, like in Green Bay. Mm. I mean, the, the, here's the mistake Aaron Rodgers made. Not showing up to, uh, in the offseason program when you knew Devont when Devontae Adams moved on. You got two rookie wide receivers. You built no chemistry with them. You saw how long it took, but – Towards the end of the season, we saw like the, we saw how dynamic they were. Okay, big part of the problem was they didn't play together this year. Look at the amount of snaps that they, all three of them played on the field together. Minimal. We finally saw the defense start to come together towards the end of the year. So I'm not sure I'm buying that the Green Bay Packers are in rebuild mode just yet. So let me go all the way back to where I should have started, which is with the information. What? do people around the league think is going to happen with Rodgers? I think they all point to the money. Um, that, that That's why he will be back. But with Aaron Rodgers, no one ever knows. I feel like for two years he's held us all hostage. The most important thing is that he's held the Packers hostage because they, they literally have been scrambling trying to make up for that Jordan Love draft pick. But everybody expects him to be back. But there's always that caveat of, but maybe not.
There is, he's got $60 million. He will make $60 million by coming back and playing for them next season. And, and even for a person with his money, that's kind of hard to walk away from. Um, and, and the chances that he goes and plays somewhere else are extremely slim. It's not impossible, but contractually speaking, it would be incredibly complicated. So you sound to me like you sound less certain. A week ago, you were telling me you think the Packers could be really dangerous next year with Aaron Rodgers. Did Sunday night shake that confidence? It was Sunday night, and it also caused me to look back at this entire season. And Aaron Rodgers has been well below the Aaron Rodgers we expect for mm-hmm. this whole season. I think I could explain away a couple games. You can explain away a stretch. But at the beginning of the season, we wanted to blame the receivers. And then in the middle of the season, we wanted to blame the defense. At the end of the season, the receivers are playing well. The defense play well. Aaron Rodgers was the problem in that final game. So that does give me pause when I look at the entire season. You can't keep blaming other people. Now, Aaron Rodgers may go off and get upset and come back and be great again. That's uh, very possible. But no one can argue that he was great this season. Okay, but to be fair, I mean, he did have a broken finger. And he is Aaron Rodgers. Like, I understand he may not be the same guy. But when you look around the league... Where are the top quarterbacks? Like, if you do not have a standout quarterback, you have zero shot. So when I'm Hotel the Packers, nine is that. <laughs> that's the one. They are the so they are the one outlier. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are the outlier, but doesn't doesn't work like that in most places. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, have we seen the last of one of the all-time greats? I don't know exactly how soon we're going to find out, and that might be part of the problem. By the way, we got great basketball games coming your way tonight. Star-studded doubleheader and featuring Giannis and the Bucks taking on Trey Young and the Hawks. That's our early game tonight. Then we got Jokic and the West leading Nuggets hosting Chris Paul and the Suns. Coverage will tip off tonight with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern here on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, the Cowboys won 12 games this year. So why does the coach feel like he's still on the hot seat? We'll answer that question next. Let's get up on ESPN. 